Thanks for listening to Looking Forward Our Way. We'd like to ask a favor from you. Would you give us some feedback on our podcast? We've made it really easy to do so. Click on the link in your episode show notes. That link will take you to our podcast Google My Business page. You may have to sign in to your Google account. From there, we'd appreciate your feedback on the podcast overall, feedback on a specific episode, or a suggestion on what you'd like to see us cover in a future episode. All your feedback is so much appreciated. Your comments only help us create episodes that will keep all of us looking forward our way. One thing that really drives me and and keeps me um, passionate and motivated in this space is just really opening up the conversation around finances. So I think so many of our personal finance issues are exacerbated because we don't know where to go or we don't know who to talk to. There's still a huge stigma attached to talking about finances, even with friends or family. And so, you know, the more that we share our own stories, our own financial lessons, the more we're able to connect with each other, then the more we're going to be able to find the solutions to let go of some of the shame or embarrassment that we often feel around finances and the more we're going to be able to move to a financially healthy life. So um, always thankful when people let me come and talk about it. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewery District in downtown Columbus. This is Brett. With me, as always, is Carol. How are you? I'm good, Brett. Thanks. How are you doing today? great. Wonderful. You know, we are slowly making our way out of the pandemic. However, many are still reeling from the continued upheaval of their lives. Today, we are going to talk about financial stability and discover there are so many resources available to our listeners as many have been significantly hurt financially over the past year. Let's introduce our guest, Tasha Bishop. She's the Director of Operations and Development for Apprizen. Hey, Tasha, thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Wonderful. You know, our listeners may not recognize the Apprizen name. Um, For those who are longtime Central Ohioans, you may remember their former signature, Consumer Credit Counseling Services. Brett and I are really familiar with Apprizen and had a great relationship between our agencies for many, many years. And the Apprizen staff are phenomenal, so I do want to give a big shout out to all of them and thank them for all of their support over the years. But Tasha, let's go ahead and first start by describing the mission of Apprizen. What do they do? What do you hope to accomplish? Um, Why it's a good idea for folks to use a credit counseling service? And also give us a little bit about your background and how you came to be part of the Apprizen team. For sure. So um, Apprizen First, we are a nonprofit organization really focused on helping individuals build financial health. Um, We do that in a lot of different ways. So we are out and about in our communities. We work with a lot of nonprofit partners to provide financial education on kind of basic personal finance topics. And then um, the bread and butter of what we do is work one-on-one with individuals. So we sit down, we have these conversations. What does your financial life look like? What do you want it to look like? And how can we help you get there? Um, And we have a signature program, the debt management program, which really helps individuals pay off that unsecured debt. So individuals who are stressed and and anxious about debt um, come to us, and and we have that solution there available for them. And we've been doing all of that since 1955. Hard to believe, (laughs) but here we are. So obviously we have changed and evolved over the years. Um, Most recently, we've really started doing a lot of what we we do digitally. So um, the pandemic helped us spur that on, (laughs) but um, serving people online is is really a lot of what we we do now. Right. Um, But, you know, I I can remember you all were doing a lot of computer stuff several years ago. So this this, just happened. We had a bit of a head start, so um, which was really nice when you know March of last year came along and <laughs> shook everyone's world. But right. uh, we were really easily uh, easy to transition into that digital space, and so um, I know we're going to talk, you know, a lot about some of the other services we provide. But um, people are really, really looking for that that digital gateway to financial health and financial services. So I like we can be that partner. I like when you say build financial health. It sounds more positive and futuristic as opposed to financial stability, which sounds like you're teetering on a burning platform. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, we help people from from crisis 
to credit to long-term um, financial health, but also like to call out that, you know, we often think about our physical health or our emotional health, but um, financial health is just important to a, to a happy and, and fulfilling life. So right, right. that's uh, how we ended up with that term, I think. <laughs> well, and then tell us a little bit about your background then, too. Yeah, definitely. So um, I am um, a Kentuckian um, by birth and uh, also got to go to some of the fabulous schools in Kentucky. I studied undergrad economics at the University of Louisville and then got a master's degree at um, the University of Kentucky in economic development. So I've always been really passionate about personal finance. Um, I started my career working at the United Way and some of their financial stability programs mm-hmm. and then was lucky enough to meet some folks from Prizen who were a partner of ours and uh, they sold me away. So <laughs> I've been nice. at Prizen now for, yep, for seven years um, working in a lot of different roles, um, most recently as um, the Director of Digital Innovation and Development, so helping to build out that digital financial health space and um, build partnerships across the nation. Wonderful. Nice. Well, we've had some really good conversations on our podcast about helping individuals through transitions. And it seems the work of, our, of a prize is just that, taking a situation that may be difficult and turning it into a successful transition. Your services seem to concentrate on financial and debt understanding, planning, financial protection and stability, and, and I think most importantly, the counseling needed through major transitions like bankruptcy. Let's talk about the need to understand debt and how to budget and plan for financial stability, and in particularly the issues older adults have faced in the past year. Yeah, and I love the way you put that. Um, transition moments in our lives are always an opportunity. And so um, while they may be daunting and stressful at the time, it's an opportunity to take us to the next place. And so um, a prize in is, is one of those, those resources that, that folks can take advantage of when they're, when they're going through a transition like that. Um, debt is, like I said, our signature program is the debt management program. And so, you know, we see, and we've been doing it since 1955, so we've seen a lot of different situations, right, um, across the gamut. Mm-hmm. Uh, debt really can be one of the biggest stressors in our lives. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much it can affect us physically, emotionally, <laughs> mentally. You know, we've seen that um, debt stress, prolonged stress because of debt can lead to high blood pressure, elevated cholesterol, diabetes, obesity. So, you know, we can put a lot of that physical stress or that mental stress into our bodies um, in the form of physical stress. And then beyond our physical health, that also affects our emotional and mental health. We've seen lots of research out there. You know, oftentimes people are in debt or more often to be depressed, have anxiety. Um, So calling out a lot of negative factors there only because we often feel alone when we're going through this um, and isolated. And so really important that when we're starting to see some of these signs, when we're starting to feel anxious, starting to feel alone, not knowing what to do about debt, that we start reaching out for help. Um, And so I think that's why it's really important to understand where your debt is. You know, the first step in all of that is just getting a good picture of what your current financial situation is. So a lot of us have the tendency, called the ostrich effect, to kind of stick <laughs> our head in the sand when we start seeing that. Right. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yep. It's a very natural reaction. So um, the best way, though, to overcome that is you just got to get it all out there, right? So you got to start opening the bills. You got to start looking at your financial picture. Sometimes it really helps to have a third party do that with you. So. That's what a prize in is here for. We're a nonprofit. We can be a unbiased third party to help you look through that situation, lay it all out, organize it, help you organize for it, and then start to build that plan for how you're going to tackle it. Um, so, so that's one piece of it. I think you know we have a ton of great resources on how to budget. The very basics of, of where to start that process is you got to start tracking your spending. So um, two very simple pieces, income and expenses at its core. Um, So know your income and track your expenses. And then tons of tools you can use online. But again, if you want that kind of third party to look at it with you, then that's what a prize is here for. Our counselors sit down, go through it with you, and then start to find those opportunities and where you can make some changes. 
um, with your input, of course, because we're not someone who's going to sit here and say, hey, no more Coca-Cola, no more Starbucks, <laughs> right? You got to make those decisions for yourself. You got to start to understand what are needs for you and what are priorities for you. And we're going to help help ask the right questions. What, sure and that's that. a that's a good point that to make sure our listeners hear is that you know, Apprizen is not there to slap you on the hands and force you to right. act in a certain way or change a certain behavior, but as advisors and counselors can help guide you. Exactly, exactly. I think that's why a lot of people are scared to reach out, right, because they don't want to be told that what they're doing is wrong. <laughs> and that's not at all what 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 we're going to do. We're going to say, we're going to ask some questions to figure out what, what do you prioritize, right? And mm-hmm. your budget really is a reflection of your priorities in life. And so helping people understand how vital a budget is to um, not just your financial health, but, you know, your future happiness is, is something that our counselors do. So we can talk about a lot, and it's a really nice to have a safe space where you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, you know, we are seeing, um, we talked to a lot of people, we are seeing that debt stress among older Americans has really been exacerbated during the pandemic. Um, you know, a couple of, of trends that we've been watching is that uh, bankruptcies are rising among older Americans, 65 or over. Um, there's been more than a five-fold increase over the last two decades. Really? The last year has really pushed that even further. Wow. Um, yeah, and then we're seeing that, um, greater indebtedness as far as mortgages and credit cards is now most pronounced among people 70 and older in a low-income bracket. So that's where we're seeing the most struggle, right? And that can cause a lot of um, anxiety, especially for folks who are on fixed income and see those debt levels rising. So um, certainly something where we want to make sure that we are um, reaching out. There can also be a lot of scams in the financial industry mm-hmm. that are targeted at older Americans. So we want to make sure that um, those folks have a trusted resource to come to, talk to someone, make sure that they're working with the right companies and um, and asking the right questions. I, I was just going to say, I, I was wondering what's causing the bankruptcy of those who are you know 70 and over. Is it the scams or is it housing? Do we know? No, I think a lot of it's housing, right? So people want to stay in their homes, and bankruptcy is often a way to discharge debt while still staying in your home. So I think that's a part of it. But, again, I think just having a fixed income and then seeing interest rates rise, it can really be a quick waterfall. So one other problem that's been facing older Americans, particularly um, uh, as well as the young folks, is student debt, student loan debt. Um, the current students are feeling it because they're ones trying to go to school. But many um, people who have come into the workforce um, during this pandemic and even from the early recession in the early 2000s, still drowning in um, long-term student loan debt. And their parents or maybe even grandparents co-sign loans and trying to help them pay pay it off and affecting retirements of older adults. Um, have um, people who've gotten married and their spouses have debt issue, just seems like everybody has gotten burdened with student loan debt one way or another. Has Apprizen been able to step in and guide folks um, who are suffering with this liability? We have, yeah. And you're right. So many people, right, across the spectrum, it's not really, you know, we look at student loan debt, it's not just folks who are just out of college, right? We see that um, student loan debt also affects parents who are carrying student loan balances that they co-signed for. So we're really seeing it across all age ranges um, and really thankful that right now student loan payments, federal student loan payments are, um, you know, on a moratorium. So people aren't having to make those payments right now, which I think is great. They're, they're getting a little space there. Um, but what we do is, is sit down with folks we're going to connect directly with their lender. So go through a student loan counseling session. We always look at income and expenses. We're always going to look at that budget and find those opportunities there. But then we're actually going to connect with the, the service, student loan service provider to have that conversation of, okay, let's make sure that, especially right now, these are loans that qualify for non-payment, that there's a zero interest accruing because you want to make sure that those pieces are in place. Right. Um, and then how do we make a plan moving forward? Is there space where you can make payments right now? Because if you can, then that's all going to go to your principal. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't, then that's fine. But let's go ahead and, and 
decide how we're going to be able to start making payments once you have to, right? So let's whether it's putting money aside or uh, working out an income-based repayment plan, all of that can be really complicated and overwhelming. So that's what our student loan counselors are there for, to have those conversations, help explain the options, and then be that, um, be that person who can help you talk to your, your provider, your student loan provider, about what options make the most sense for you, and then help you look through the paperwork and make sure you feel good about everything before you make a decision. I would think that the first step of just contacting the lender directly in is in and of itself a huge uh, step and maybe not only mind-boggling, but almost a barrier or a challenge for a young person who's never had to do anything like that before. And then again, they don't even know what questions to ask or what to expect as an answer so that they can continue their questioning of the of exactly. the lenders? Exactly, yeah. You know, you go in, you don't know what options exist. Right. So when someone shares an option with you, it may be one that works for you, but there may be three others that could be better, right? So it's nice to have someone who really has that, that expertise, that knowledge, and like you said, knows what questions to ask because it can be a daunting task. And especially if you haven't had these conversations about interest rates and forbearance and deferment mm-hmm. before, then these words can be a little overwhelming. Right. It's, right. Nice to have a, it's nice to have an ally in that conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah, I could see where the options from the lender would really actually, the first option would be benefiting the lender more than, than the person right. with the loan, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, asking a, yeah. a few additional questions or at least have a uh, a, um, a a trusted guide <laughs> through this murky water would help tremendously. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and one other thing I just want to call out, you know, for our current situation is the federal student loans, you know, you don't have to pay those back right now, but that does not count for private, and we've had a lot of confusion in that area. So, you know, understanding who your loans are with and what options are available to you, more important than ever, definitely something you want to check in on right now. And isn't there also an issue, too, with young folks when they come out um, and and we talk about their loans, it could be that they have several different loans from several different lenders who are different types of entities. And so that's confusing in and of itself. But if there are options to bundle all that together under one, can it be done? Should it be done? And where do you bundle it to, to your most advantage? Exactly. Yes. I think we always see that the less complicated you can make your situation, the better, right? So if you have six different payments to six different people, then there's a higher likelihood that you might miss one or that you might just not not be understanding what's happening with it. It might, you know, it might slip the mind. So yeah, we try to try to help people, you know, if they want to consolidate, help them understand what that looks like, what the benefit might be, if it makes sense for them, because sometimes it can be a great benefit. It can really simplify your life. You can get a lower interest rate. For some people, depending on where your balance is and your interest rates are, you could end up paying more in the long term. So just really about diving into that unique situation, you know. Right. Great. Mm. Okay. Well, one thing that always comes up for those looking to purchase a house is their credit score. Uh, let's shed some light on what exactly is a credit score. How is it critical in the purchase of a home and other large assets? And how it can be fixed if it's not the best in the world? Um, credit is one of my favorite things to talk about because it is so important in our lives. And a lot of people really um, don't know how many ways it can impact um, impact our lives. So from, like you said, purchasing a home, your credit score is going to be important in getting first, allowing you to qualify to purchase that home to get that loan. And then second, to get the best rates so that over the long term, you pay as little as possible in interest and as much as possible in building equity and building wealth. Um, but beyond that, um, car loans, uh, any kind of, of purchase, you know, maybe you did buy the house, but now you got to you got to furnish it, right? So credit's going to become a factor in a lot of these big purchases that you have. Now it's also a factor in job applications. Um, as you get utilities put into your name, then uh, utilities are going to be checking your credit to see whether you need to put a deposit down. Um, insurance rates are looking at your credit now. 
So it touches many more parts of your life than you can uh, than you really think when you first talk about credit um, and renters even, right? So folks who say, well, I'm not going to buy a house, so I don't need to build my credit. But in order to rent now, people are checking your credit. So mm-hmm. it really, you, there is going to be a way that your credit impacts your life at some point or the other. So really important to be paying attention to it. Um, I like to first call out the difference between a credit report and a credit score. Those are two different things. Um, the credit report is really the, the bread and butter of here's what, um, here's your history of managing your money, more specifically your credit and your debt, um, because not everything is going to show up on that credit report. It's really looking at your credit cards, mortgages, auto loans, times when you're borrowing money and how you're paying it back. There are some cool new programs that, um, like Experian Boost, that allow you to tap into some of your maybe utility payments um, to boost your score a little bit, but those are generally not included on your credit report. So then what happens, you have this credit report that has a lot of information, and then some very intelligent folks at um, FICO have found a way to um, use an algorithm and turn that into a credit score. And that's what most of us focus on. We know what that looks like. You know, that's between um, 300 and 800, and we, and we know 800 is good. So we're really familiar with that credit score. Um, but when you're starting to try to build your credit, you want to start with a credit report. You want to look through that with a really keen eye, understand what that, uh, what's on there, and then start to look for opportunities to improve it. Uh, Apprizen has some really great services. We have a credit health education um, program where you come in, we're going to pull all three of your credit reports and scores because, yes, there are three bureaus. It couldn't be simple. There are three bureaus, <laughs> and all of them <laughs> have different information and have a different scoring model. So we're going to pull all three of those. We're going to look at them with you. We're going to help you understand how to read that credit report. And then we're going to talk about how do we move forward? What's the action plan to build your credit? You know, a lot of it's based on positive payment history. Um, but there are things called like credit utilization ratios and things that most of us have never heard of that we also have to keep in play. So um, we're going to explain that and help you build an action plan to build your credit. Um, we also have a financial coaching program, which is a long-term program. We work together for six months to a year. Um, so then we're, we're going to make that action plan in the beginning, and then we're going to help you over the next six to 12 months put that action plan into place to be your, your motivator, your accountability partner, um, to just really be by your side, be your ally as you go through those action steps. So um, some really great ways to get an expert to help you build there. And, you know, like I said, we're a nonprofit. There also are a lot of um, scams in the credit building space or credit repair space. So you just want to be careful when you're starting to build. A lot of it you can do on your own. And then if you need the support, make sure you're working with a trusted source. And and a lot of those scams, they want you to pay to fix your credit, which um, when the service is free, you shouldn't have to pay. But also, if you have a bad credit, chances are pretty good. You also don't have the money to pay anyway. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. And yeah. yeah, and a lot of those can be temporary solutions. So, oh, you know, yeah. the way that they work, they can be a temporary solution, but long-term, it's not – the things that they do, the methods that they utilize are not going to help you long-term. All right. So uh, this is, this is going to affect our audience in regards to talking to their grandkids, but how, how young should you start looking at, you know, building up a credit score? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and honestly – you can't start too soon, right? People can really only start building their own credit at age 18, okay. right? right? But there are some methods that you can employ at an earlier age. <laughs> so um, a parent with a or grandparent with a good credit score could say, okay, you're 16. I'm going to add you as a um, co-signer on my, on my credit card. I'm not going to give you a credit card, <laughs> um, but I'm going to add you on to mine. I have good credit, and then that good credit is going to start to impact um, the, mm. the grandkids. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, so that can be one small way to start building credit, but I think what's really key is just starting to have those conversations young. Mm. So, you know, when we get to 14 and 15, then that's a good time to start helping them understand credit, understand the impact it's going to have on their lives, and then the strategies that they can use 
once they turn 18 to build the credit. So, you know, I think a lot of folks, um, my husband, his parents, uh, one of the greatest things they did for him is when he turned 18, they said, okay, let's look at secured cards. Mm -hmm. Secured cards are a great place to start. They have a low balance. So that can be a great place to start. By the time he was 25, he had an 800 credit score. So those kinds of strategies can really be helpful. But I think just the education piece is so vital. I I can remember back in the olden days when I was a kid, the first credit card we got was for gas for our car. Not that we necessarily used it, but it was supposed to be an emergency kind of thing. But it was a way also to show that you could use it and pay it. So it was to your advantage. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's great. And that's advice we give people is, you know, Credit can be it can it can go both ways. It can be a benefit to you, and it can it can get you in trouble. So if you can put some barriers and boundaries on yourself like that, say, you know what, I want to have a good credit score. I know I need to build this. I don't want to go into debt. <laughs> I don't want to get into debt. So what I'm going to do is, yes, I'm going to pay my gas. I'm going to pay my groceries on this, and then I'm going to pay it off every month. Right. And yeah. that's the best thing you can do for your financial health. Well, I think that's an important uh, bit of information, too, that you mentioned. Um, folks who, younger folks who think that the only reason credit scores are important is because they're going to buy a house have to recognize that to get a good job, um, to move into a nicer apartment, to make sure they don't have to pay extras for utilities or their insurance, that the credit score is really important young in their younger lives. Exactly. Great. Yeah, it pops up in so many ways. Who knew? Yeah, uh, really. Right. So whoever, yeah. who, whichever genius came up with that scoring system. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say. So, exactly. Uh, so, you know, over the past year, um, housing has been a huge issue. Um, many folks um, were in a home that and suddenly facing eviction. Um, maybe they couldn't pay their mortgage or they were in a rental home and for whatever reason they had to move. Um, changes in the law regarding the evictions and back payments. What trends um, did did Apprise and see in Central Ohio regarding um, housing issues? And are there steps that you suggested to clients to take? Yeah, yeah. Housing has really been um, a hot button issue recently. Obviously, because of um, high unemployment, um, and we're seeing this in Central Ohio. But you know, these are happening in, in a lot of cities across the nation. Um, but what we're seeing is that unemployment leading to the inability to pay your rent or mortgage in a lot of cases. Luckily, some of those eviction uh, moratoriums are still in play. But this whole time, that back pay is kind of you know building in people's minds, causing anxiety, causing stress. Um, so for that, we've really been talking to people about you need to be as proactive as possible in talking to your landlord and or if you have a mortgage, your mortgage servicer, your mortgage lender. So be upfront, let them know what you're experiencing, what struggles you're going through. Um, and many of them are willing to, to work with you to come up with a plan, right? If you do have the ability to pay anything right now, then pay it. Because again, you know, that back pay, you're going to owe that at some point. And so want to make sure that folks are prepared for that. Um, that conversation at the very least or what changes they might have to make, right? Um, now, leading out from that, so that's really one of the most um, current and visceral issues that we're seeing, but behind that, we have a lack of affordable housing in central Ohio. Right. So we see that, that that's been in play for years, but as we start to see that people, you know, maybe um, whenever this eviction moratorium is up, you know, or leases come to an end, right? Because that's often um, not included in the moratorium. So if your lease ends, then, you know, your, your landlord may have the right to um, to move along and you'd want to definitely talk to um, legal advocates or someone about what your rights are in that situation. But when that time comes and people are starting to look at, okay, I need to relocate, I need to move, then we're looking at a lack of affordable housing options um, to, to keep those people in the neighborhoods that they're used to, in the transportation systems that they're used to. So um, really telling people to tap into resources right now, right? Um, a lot of folks who maybe have never used community resources before, 
now is the time, right? If you're struggling with this, you need to you need to find out what's out there. You need to tap into it. A lot of the parameters have been expanded. So, you know, there may have been an income um, level before, and that's been raised because of, you know, the pandemic and, and all of the the increase in folks who may be struggling. So um, just kind of reassessing, and Apprising can help you do that. We offer housing counseling. We offer um, foreclosure prevention counseling and rental eviction counseling. So we can help you connect to those services and, and understand what might be out there for you, right? Some of these housing programs that we saw before in 2008 are starting to make a small comeback. So we think we'll see more of that moving forward. So really just need people to start connecting and understanding what's going to be out there for them. And the sooner you do that, the better. I, I was um, just going to ask, it, Tasha, is, is getting um, housing counseling, can you get it timely or is there a backlog because there's so many with that issue? Now, you know what, there's a lot of demand, but... Right now, a prison, uh, you know, it could be a week or so, but there's not too much of a backlog. Okay, good. So, That's good. You know, you can get in right now. So it's a good time to start planning for that. Right. <laughs> well, because unfortunately, yep. a lot of folks, even when I was, you know, with the, the employment agency and we were housed at a prison, we would have people call and say, I need a job tomorrow because I have $70 in my checking account and my rent's yeah. due tomorrow. It, yeah. There's not a whole lot of time to get it done. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so the sooner you can start thinking about it, the better, right? We often, again, human nature, wait until we're in crisis mode to start right. reaching out for help. Right. But if you can start to see some of these warning signs, right, if you if you aren't paying your rent right now or if your mortgage payment is starting to, um, you know, feel like a burden to you, then it's time to start having those conversations, right? Okay. If you're feeling right. any kind of stress or anxiety, just start now understanding what your options might be. Right. Okay. Can't hurt, might help. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on the housing thing, um, on the housing, in the housing world, is that, you know, the housing market is hot right now. So that's really impacting people across the spectrum. So, you know, folks who have been, who've had that goal to buy a home, who've maybe been building their credit and, and saving for a down payment, now looking at a very competitive housing market. Um, seller's market, there's really low inventory for folks who want to buy. And so, you know, we've really just been telling people and cautioning people, you know, if you can wait, then you might want to wait <laughs> because it's a very competitive market. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, are ready and you really want to dive in, then just be thoughtful. Don't get caught up in in the home buying process too much. You know, people are waiving inspections, they're waiving appraisals, um, and you just really need to be thoughtful about uh, how much you're bidding on houses because ultimately you want this not just to be, you know, a beautiful place that you live in, but to build wealth for you and your family. So yeah, I'd heard uh, one scenario that uh, our neighbors sold their house just recently and uh, one potential buyer had a, uh, I know I, I I'm going to paraphrase what it was, but it was a <laughs> continuous bid that every time a bid came in, they bid another thousand dollars on it. Yep. Wow. Yep. So it, it would be never ending, quite frankly. You know, and, the, and the, exactly. our neighbors basically said, we're stopping here. You know, th- we're done. We're not going to continue to, you know, really wow. tick a lot of people off when it comes down to it just because this one person mm-hmm. is going to continue to put $1,000 on every bid because they wanted the house that bad. Or a house. I mean, not mm-hmm. necessarily theirs, yeah. but that's how the, the, that's the scenario they'd put on it. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. Well, there was an article in the Columbus paper uh, over the past week about a young woman who was she was only 19 and yeah. she bought her first house which was phenomenal she worked hard from the time she was 15 or 16 she decided she wanted a house she bought a nice little condominium it was a great article and at the very end it said they wanted this amount of money she offered this amount of money and she got it and she offered i want to say it was maybe ten thousand dollars more and i'm like a 19 year old kid <laughs> had to get stuck right? spending that $10,000 on top of what was already probably an overpriced condominium right. and is now strapped for paying for this thing. It's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, how unfair. It's crazy. We're seeing we're seeing uh, homes that are selling for twenty five and $30,000 over asking mm-hmm. price right. regularly. Like, if, you know, if they're in a nice neighborhood or a good location, then 
go ahead and just add that to the list price, you know? So it's crazy, and we just, yeah, really want to caution people to, you know, the health may be worth it, and and that's fine, but make sure you do your due diligence, you know. Right. Be flexible. <laughs> be flexible and understand that you're a buyer still, you know. So right. you right. still have some agency in this process. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can remember when there was a huge housing shift in Columbus and people were buying what we call the mega mansions, um, mm-hmm. and and it was the beautiful houses, and then you walked in their house and it was empty because they couldn't afford furniture. Right. I mean, it's right. craziness. So yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Definitely think about home maintenance and home upkeep costs. Taxes. You're going through that process. Yeah. Oh yeah, taxes are going up. Everything. Everything yeah. is going up. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, there does seem to be an upsurge in commercials regarding reverse mortgages. Um, and, of course, they're directed at older citizens. Um, Apprizen has provided assistance to homeowners for years, as we just covered. But what advice do you normally provide on reverse mortgages in particular? Yeah, you know, reverse mortgages are they're complicated, right? Right. <laughs> yes. um, they can be a real benefit to people who want to age in place um, or who, you know, want some, to take advantage of some of the equity from their home to supplement their income. However... It is extremely, it's a very complicated uh, product and extremely important that you understand how it works, that you work with a reputable lender, that you understand um, what your obligations are going to be and what the obligations of your, your family or your heirs might be once, you know, once you pass. And just be aware there's a lot of bad actors in the space. So mm-hmm. it's very important that you're checking BBB ratings, that you are working with a reputable credit counseling organization like a Prizen, um to answer some of these questions to help you navigate that space. And really, bottom line, if you feel like you don't understand the cost or the features of a reverse mortgage, walk away. <laughs> if you feel pressured or you feel like, you know, the salesperson is, is trying to create a sense of urgency for you to complete the deal, walk away. Just make sure you do some research. Yeah, it's, isn't there some counselor. Ca- yeah, isn't there some counseling tied to that after, like a cooling off period? I guess you could call it. That after it, it kind of starts the process, you have to go through a bit of counseling to understand what you've just walked into. Yeah. Or is, okay, that's what I thought. But yeah. that doesn't mean it there's doesn't any justice of it. But yeah, okay. Right, there's mandatory counseling that you have to complete so yeah. that we can help you understand the the product. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Make sure you're engaged in that, yeah. uh, that I, because it's, it's so complicated, right? right? Even I learn new things about it wow. uh, oh, yeah. all the time. So. I think the one thing that they need to put add on to those reverse mortgage commercials is how much all the uh, big shot actors make on getting those on those commercials. <laughs> Um, right. You know, yeah. outright right. salary of, and think commission. Of, think about it. Yes, exactly. Uh, and that's what that's what people are. I mean, they act. People think that they're getting money for free because they've right. done a reverse mortgage, and it's not. You lose your asset, and right. And that's uh, because what's his name does those commercials so sincerely. <laughs> they think it's okay. He was on right. my favorite TV exactly. show. Come exactly. on, in the seventies, he couldn't be doing me wrong. <laughs> exactly, you know, on, no. exactly. I think. Oh, I just pulling the people's hearts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are those are the commercials that I either mute or turn off every day. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I mean, like you said, it's it's ultimately your money that they're giving back to you, and then they're taking a little bit of it. So. Again, it may be a good option for you. It can work for people. We've seen it work. We've seen people be very happy with it. Mm. But there's a, there's a lot of other options for you, too. Yeah. You know? right. So yeah. explore the whole plethora. Talk to a housing counselor um, so you maybe understand what other options exist for you. Okay. All right. All right. So um, we, we've talked a little bit about this. You know, employment is a key factor in financial stability, having that income, unless, of course, your great Aunt Millie left you a ton of money, uh, which, unfortunately, not too many of us have great Aunt Millies. But, um, you know, employment is an issue in central Ohio, um, un, it, not just employment and unemployment, but underemployment um, or uh, low wages uh, here in, in our town. Many people lost their jobs, their hours or salary were cut, you know, due to the pandemic. 
and it's um, they they've lost not just a job, but they may have also lost their health insurance, their pensions. How has Apprizen continued to assist clients who are walking through all of these issues regarding employment? And um, or do you have some tips and resources uh, to benefit our listeners? This is a tough one, right? Um, you, you're always going to have expenses, right? And you might not always have income, and so mm-hmm. it's tough. Um, so I'll just start there with it's it's a really hard problem to solve, and and it's a hard problem to solve quickly as well. Um, but that doesn't mean that there are not a lot of great um, resources out there. And um, luckily, our counselors deal with a lot of situations, so. Um, they have some creative ways that they might be able to help. Um, and I just, you know, I just heard today the jobs report came in, unemployment not, or employment's not rebounding like we thought it would. So right. it's still a big concern um, in central Ohio and across the nation. So, um, you know, when we're talking to people that have recently lost their job, we're really helping be connectors to um, organizations that may provide some job training programs that may have access to um, jobs that they can get into quickly, workforce development programs. So lucky to be connected to a lot of great organizations um, that do that kind of work. Um, But also we're talking about, you know, there are more um, opportunities in remote work now. So um, that can help folks, you know, especially if you're in an area that um, has been more depressed, then it can be a good opportunity for you to work for a company that's in California. Um, And so opening up the job market a little bit in that way, so really trying to help folks um, understand that that remote work world and how they can tap into it. Um, Also highlighting, you know, the gig economy and the opportunities that exist there that can be a quicker way to, and more flexible way um, to make some, you know, quick income. Um, But just want to make sure people understand what they're signing up for when they do that and what kind of income they can expect, right? Because um, certainly it's nice because it's flexible and it's, you know, there's less barriers to entry. But at the same time, um, your hourly wage may not be what you expect it to be or what right. you are used to. So really understanding that piece and then understanding what people are comfortable with because, you know, some people uh, may be perfectly fine driving an Uber and that may be great. Some people may not feel comfortable with that. So what other opportunities mm-hmm. exist? Um, and then just also having conversations with folks to say, you know, what Again, disruption is always creates opportunity. So what are you passionate about? What would you do if you could do anything? And, and helping people dream a little bit, too, so that we can uncover maybe some, some new ways that they might be able to bring in income. Um, but, again, I also go back to luckily there have been uh, a ton of community resources that have been propped up during this time um, through some of the um, American Jobs Act and, and stimulus, et cetera, and so helping people tap into those resources, feel comfortable taking advantage of them, right? If you're in this period mm-hmm. then of unemployment, then obviously there's some good unemployment you know, benefits right now. But there are other things like help supplement food-wise. I can help you supplement other areas of your budget. And so just really understanding how to connect to those can be a real, real benefit. And right. um, not feeling any shame or any type of way because you have to utilize those, right? Like right. this is why they exist, and and please take advantage of them. And, and I just knowing that your team can help people in providing other resources because often, and I say this all the time, people don't know what they don't know, and exactly. um, they may not. They may think because they're unemployed, but they live in a, you know, a more affluent suburb, they're not eligible for a lot of resources, when in actuality, they are. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, a lot of these community resources have changed their you know, parameters or qualifications. So um, really, even if you've tried before, um, might be a good time to, to reassess that, take another stab at it. Right. Great. Yeah. Well, you know, if nothing else, a listener needs to come away from this podcast knowing that Apprizen is all about educating clients. <laughs> I think that's all we've been talking about, which is great. This is exactly if you don't learn to not 
undo what you've done, you're going to do it again right. sort of thing. Right. So how does a client get started with you? Uh, are there qualifications and parameters? We just touched upon it a little bit with this last question about that's kind of a, a moving, that's changed a little bit. But and, and which programs do they begin with? How do they get, begin the process with you? First, we serve everybody. So <laughs> no age, no income okay. requirements at all. Um, anybody can can come knock on the door, um, and and we're here for them. So we have a lot of ways to kind of get started. Uh, a lot of it, folks are going to take advantage of our online resources first. Um, we have a really robust blog, tackles a lot of current personal finance issues, quick tips, tools, um, and for those who are ready to really connect, take that next step, we have um, an online financial assessment called IRIS. Great first step, walks you through, again, the income, the expenses, the debts, and then connects you to one of our certified financial specialists who's going to work with you to create that custom action plan. So that's really the gateway in. At that point, then um, the custom action plan might include some self-directed steps like, hey, track your expenses for a month, or we might continue that conversation and talk about some of our other programs. So just dive in a little deeper um, depending on the unique circumstances. So maybe something where we go through that initial analysis and we say, you know what, a debt management program is going to work for you. So let's look at what that look like. looks like. It's going to lower your interest rates, potentially your monthly payments. You're going to pay back over a three- to five-year period, so it's going to cut your payment time down by you know 10 to 20 years, and it's going to consolidate it all into one payment. So let's get you started on that. Or if debt's not an issue and we're trying to build credit to buy a home, then, hey, the financial coaching program might be the next best step for you. So gonna, um, that, that custom action plan is going to lead you into the next phase of the process. Tasha, you just mentioned the website, and I love the Apprizen website. Everything is on there. It's easy to maneuver, find the programs and services, the workshops, your financial calculator. I mean, I every once in a while I'll need a financial calculator, and I don't dare go to the – the, the guys who have them because then you get bombarded by their ads online all the time. Exactly. Um, so I, I tell, tell the guys over there, I love the, the calculator. Um, you know, and, and the blog, you mentioned the blog, Money Minute, I think is the name of it. Wonderful okay. stories, great stories that people can easily go in. They're not real long. You go in there, you see it, you see yourself. You see the problem that yeah. you are having there in that blog and, and a way to, to take care of it. We've talked about a lot of stuff today, but are there any other programs or services that we may not have mentioned that you want to make sure we highlight today? Yeah, well, thank you so much. We just redid our website last year, and I'm pretty proud of it, so thank you. <laughs> yes, give the guys a big um, high five for me. Okay, perfect. I will do that. It is. Uh, I do think it's very easy to navigate, really simple, um, easy to find what you're looking for. So definitely a good place to start if you're trying to just say, you know, let me let me learn a little bit more about this Surprising uh, <laughs> company, then mm-hmm. great way to start. And so check that out. Um, the blog is great. Like you said, really relatable. We have a content team internally, so it's actually our um, counselors and coaches who are writing the blogs and, and sharing a lot about their own personal experiences because, you know, none of us are born knowing all this stuff. So we all learn the lessons along the way and, and really nice to be able to share those um, on our blog. But a couple of, a couple of other programs I do want to highlight. Um, we have a, a new program, a subscription service called Propel. That one's awesome. It's the financial coaching uh, on demand. So essentially you have access to a financial coach whenever you need it, Um, and it's really affordable, really easy. You get to check your credit. You get to dive into some of the things we talked about today, Um, and then, you know, say you're at the bank, your your teller um, has a new product they want you to try, you're not sure about it, you can call your financial coach, your Propel team, and say, hey, what's up with this? Can you give me a little more information? Give Mm -hmm. me some advice. So it's really just that, you know, here for any financial questions you have. Um, and so I think that one really can be helpful to folks who are really starting to navigate um, building their financial health and want someone to do alongside them. Um, but then also we have just um, lots of cool um, digital events that we're doing, especially now when we can't all be together in person. So um, we have Facebook Lives almost every other Friday. We do um, Instagram Lives, Instagram Reels, lots of lots of good social media content out there. So that can be a good way to kind of keep up with what's going on at Apprizen, find out about new programs, and then uh, get to know us a little bit better. So 
please join us every other Friday. <laughs> and you can find that on our Facebook. Tasha, when you're talking about the uh, the Facebook Live and the other, are those a question and answers, or it's it's live in that somebody's talking, but they're not taking questions? We always take questions. Okay, so great. I love well, questions. That's good. But that's good <laughs> to know questions. because then you've really, I mean, it's not just, you know, you're not just talking to, an, a, to a bot. You're actually talking exactly. to a person, right. which is great. Wonderful. That's that's, that's good to it's know. Me. Thank you. I'm there. It's you? Okay. Then I'll know where to find you on Fridays. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 2 p.m. on Fridays. There you, you know go. There you go. Can, can I have my glass of wine with me? Please do. Okay. Please do. <laughs> I won't tell you what's in my cup. Oh, no, I won't ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perfect. <laughs> uh, like, well, do you have any other tips or words of wisdom that you'd like to provide as we kind of close things out? Well, just very thankful for you guys for giving me the space to talk finances today. Um, one thing that really drives me and, and keeps me um, passionate and motivated in this space is just really opening up the conversation around finances. So I think so many of our personal finance issues are exacerbated because we don't know where to go or we don't know who to talk to. There's still a huge stigma attached to talking about finances, even with friends or family. And so, you know, the more that we share our own stories, our own financial lessons, the more we're able to connect with each other, then the more we're going to be able to find the solutions to let go of some of the shame or embarrassment that we often feel around finances and the more we're going to be able to move to a financially healthy life. So um, always thankful when people let me come and talk about it. So thanks again, guys. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. You know, Tasha, I think I, I just was what am I what am I taking away from this? I always kind of sit back and think to myself, you know, what did I just learn? And one thing that I've heard from so many of the experts that we have had in our podcasting always really gently remind listeners to, you know, be truthful about t- when you're talking to these resources, you know, understand and be willing to really bite the bullet and say, yeah, you know, I'm paying too much for my Starbucks coffee every day. And that's what's yeah. helping to drive my debt. Be truthful <laughs> to yourself. Be truthful with the people that, that, you, that are there to help you because that's they're there to help you and can do a better job helping you if you're being truthful. But also, you know, being willing to communicate um, with your lenders, your debtors, and and mm-hmm. and be upfront. Um, and but I love the the line you said about watch for warning signs. Um, you right. know, read your mail, look at the bills, understand what you're getting yourself into because help is available. So that's wonderful. And thank you so much for all this information that you've given us. And I want to remind our listeners that we're going to have great information for you on our show notes, um, just there for you to utilize. And so we'll have contact information for Apprizen and other organizations, some employment agencies that maybe have helped to you. Um, we'll have all of that information on our website on the show notes. And we just all want to thank you so much, Tasha Bishop from Apprizen for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thanks, guys. It has been a joy. Take care.